Hello, and welcome to the Lancet Podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. This week, a themed diabetes podcast relating to the latest issue of the Lancet, dated June 16th to the 22nd. I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Seema Kang. You've just returned from the American Diabetes Association meeting in Philadelphia, where the Lancet was closely involved in some of the events taking place there. Could you tell us a little more? Sure, Nikolai. So the 16th issue is a special issue. It's dedicated to the ever-growing problem of diabetes, and it was produced in collaboration with the American Diabetes Association. And this was done for their 2012 scientific sessions, which is an annual meeting. Now, the primary research, which we are publishing in a special issue, actually went live online on Saturday 9th of June to coincide with their presentation at a joint American Diabetes Association and Lancet Symposium that took place at the scientific sessions. Now, this is now the fifth annual collaboration with the ADA, American Diabetes Association. And while the Lancet does publish diabetes research throughout the year, because it is such an important subject, this special issue and collaboration provides another opportunity for us to turn the spotlight on diabetes. And last weekend, to coincide with that ADA meeting, we also published a three-part diabetes series, all of which, plus lots more, are in this week's issue of The Lancet. Seema, looking at the original research papers, can you give us a few highlights? Of course. There is tremendous variety in the focus of the four original research papers, ranging from diabetes prevention, diabetes treatment using medication, and the more holistic approach of managing the person with diabetes and associated comorbidities and complications in practice. For me, one of the highlights of the primary research are the fascinating data from the ongoing diabetes prevention program outcome study. Dr Lee Perot and colleagues present research indicating that participants in the original diabetes prevention program who had prediabetes and regressed back to normal glucose tolerance had a 56% lower risk of developing diabetes in the nearly six years of outcome study follow-up. Now this lower risk of diabetes occurred irrespective of the original treatment assignment in the diabetes prevention program and it also occurred even if the reversion to normal glucose tolerance was only transitory. And now when this was presented at the American Diabetes Association and Lancet Symposium, the attendees were curious as to whether this regression would translate to a lower risk of developing diabetes-related complications. But unfortunately, this information is not yet known, but it's certainly an area we should be watching. There are two clinical trials published in the special issue, Urexa and EASY, which compared different treatment strategies for type 2 diabetes. Urexa provides evidence for the benefits of exenatide versus glimepiride for the control of glycemic deterioration in patients with type 2 diabetes inadequately controlled by metformin alone. Whilst glimepiride is a well-established and long-standing treatment for diabetes, exenatide is one of a newer class of drug called the GLP-1 receptor agonist, and the trial showed that patients randomised to exenatide were less likely to achieve treatment failure and also lost more weight compared to those randomised to glimepiride. In the EASY trial, the DPP-4 inhibitor, citagliptin, is compared to insulin glargine in patients whose blood glucose is uncontrolled by metformin. Perhaps the results may be fairly expected, but better blood glucose control was achieved in those randomised to insulin glargine. However, this group did experience a bit more symptomatic hypoglycemia. The fourth original research paper is a systematic review and meta-analysis on quality improvement strategies for diabetes by Andrea Trico and colleagues. This study included a large volume of data 
from 48 cluster randomised trials and 94 randomised controlled clinical trials. And the authors conclude that interventions for targeting the entire system of chronic disease management, along with patient-mediated quality improvement strategies, should be an important component of interventions aimed at improving diabetes management. Thanks, Seema. As well as those four research articles, I can see in the issue that we've also published three review articles as a sort of diabetes series. Pre-diabetes is one of these reviews, which I believe is also commented on in the main editorial this week about the diabetes special issue. Yeah, so the pre-diabetes review paper rather fortuitously complements the Diabetes Prevention Programme Outcomes Study that is also published in the issue, and it adds some useful background to the subject, and it's a subject of keen interest as highlighted in the lead editorial, given that it's predicted that globally there will be around 470 million people with pre-diabetes by 2030. We also have another review by by Rory McCrimmon and colleagues that tackles diabetes and the associated complication of cognitive decline. And this is a complication that arises because of chronic hyperglycemia and microvascular disease in both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. And the authors note that with continuing increase in prevalence of type 2 diabetes, there may be a related increase in diabetes-related cognitive dysfunction. In our final review, John Dixon and colleagues discuss the use of bariatric surgery in type 2 diabetes. And intriguingly, the authors discuss how some bariatric procedures may improve glycemic control in people with diabetes beyond the effects expected of weight loss alone. And understanding how this additional effect occurs could provide us with insights into the development of type 2 diabetes. Before we finish, is there any other relevant diabetes content in the issue that you would like to mention? Yeah, so in a world report entitled Diabetes Saps Health and Wealth by China's Rise by Ted Alcron and Yadon Yuang, the problems of diabetes related to economic and nutritional transition are highlighted. And again, this is something we should all be looking at and trying to prevent. Thank you, Seema, for taking us through this week's issue. And that, listeners, brings the proceedings to a close. My thanks again to Seema. And to you, the listeners, see you again next week.